Kia ora, I'm Emile Donovan and today on The Detail... The government has announced a rapid antigen testing pilot for COVID-19 among private companies but can offer little detail on how it will work. Nearly two years into the pandemic, New Zealand has finally approved something called rapid antigen testing. There was a meeting with the Minister, the Associate Health Minister last week and today there's been a further development. The green light has been given to import 300,000 rapid COVID-19 tests into New Zealand. It involves some of our largest companies who will be able to introduce rapid antigen testing to their critical work sites this month. This method for detecting COVID, and we'll get into exactly what it is shortly, essentially it's a nasal swab which is much faster but less reliable than a PCR test, has been used for a long time overseas. So why are we just getting to it now? Why didn't we start sooner? With regard to the the elimination strategy, which is where we've really been up until now, uh, the best test, the test with the greatest sensitivity of PCR was absolutely the right thing to do. As we transition from an elimination strategy to one based around suppression, what will testing look like in the near future? And what are the relative advantages and disadvantages of the different types of tests we have at our disposal? I think we have been slow. I think that's a a fair comment. And I think we we need to realise that these tests, again, they're not a replacement for PCR, but they're much better than not doing a test at all. That is Professor Michael Plank from Canterbury University. More from him in a minute. But first, Dr Leslie Gray. Dr Gray is a senior lecturer in Otago University's Department of Public Health. She's been calling for rapid antigen testing to be introduced in New Zealand for quite some time. But let's start with some of the fundamentals. When you take a COVID test, how exactly does it work? Well, that's a really good question because it does depend what type of test you're doing. So, for example, the test that we know as PCR... Uh, Some people call it a brain swab (laughs) because the the, um, nasal sample goes right up your nose, right to the back. Now, that actually looks for what's called RNA. So it's looking to detect the virus's genetic material, whereas an antigen test, and we're hearing a lot more about rapid antigen test, that actually detects proteins on the surface of the virus. Now, a saliva test works in a similar way to the genetic material test. And then there's also a blood sample that can detect if you ever had COVID. um, And that looks for antibodies that the immune system's produced. The saliva testing works in a similar way to the nasal or throat swab. So that's something that gets sent off to the lab and it detects the genetic material that might indicate if you've got the virus or not. Um, They take time. They work out slightly more expensive, well, a lot more expensive than a rapid antigen test. And they're very sensitive and very specific. If you look at a rapid antigen test, they are very quick to do. They don't need to be sent to a lab. They can be done by non-experts. They're very cheap compared to the PCR tests but they can miss some infection if a person only has low virus levels. Let's go over this again just quickly. Basically, there are four types of tests we use to detect COVID-19. 
The one we use most in New Zealand is a nasal PCR test. PCR means polymerase chain reaction, which is the laboratory method used to study the material collected by the nasal swab. If you've had the COVID test where it feels like the scraping the bottom of your brain and you waited a couple of days for your results, you've had one of these. Then there are saliva tests. These also use the PCR method and are less invasive, but they're not used as widely in New Zealand as in other countries. More on them a wee bit later. The one that's least relevant to what we're talking about here is blood sampling. This is not used to tell us if someone has COVID, but it does tell us whether someone has had COVID in the past. And finally, there are the rapid antigen tests. These are also administered through nasal or throat swabs, but unlike PCR tests, their results come back very quickly indeed, but are less reliable. Think of it like this. A rapid antigen test is a bit like a home pregnancy test. A PCR test is like a visit to the doctor. It's a decent enough metaphor and one that I've used myself, although the obvious differences are you're not going to pee on the stick (laughs) and it can be used by any gender. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So elaborate a little bit more for me, if you would, on the benefits and the drawbacks of PCR testing when compared to rapid antigen testing. So PCR testing gives a detailed, highly accurate result. However, a drawback is it might take a little time to get the result. The benefits of rapid antigen testing in comparison are that it's very quick to do. It's still a nasal or throat swab, but you do not have to send it away. So that can go straight away and the result can be done in minutes. We say approximately 15 minutes. Some of the downsides of rapid antigen testing is that um, the tests that have been done so far show that you can have an accuracy rate of between about 76 to 89% with these things if they're used by trained professionals. But unfortunately, if they're not taken properly, so we would say a non-expert, if the non-expert doesn't take the test properly, the accuracy can drop to as little as 50%. And the other um, downside of the rapid antigen test is that if you've got someone who is positive for covid but is asymptomatic or has very low what we call viral load, the test might not pick that up. So they're really good. The rapid antigen tests are really good in somebody that is perhaps symptomatic and wants a quick test result to give them a clue as to whether they are positive or whether they need to seek further tests. So they're really best done in conjunction with regular testing. An antigen test should be done about every three days if you're looking to surveil the population, such as truck drivers. Now, you mentioned that the rates of diagnosis can vary depending on whether you take the test yourself, or rather the reliability of diagnosis can vary depending on whether you take the test yourself or whether it's administered to you by someone who knows what they're doing. Why is that? Like, how, How do you take a rapid antigen test? What is the process for it? And why is there that level of variability? So the process in terms of um, sticking a swab up your nose or or in your throat is the same as a PCR test. So you've got to make sure that you get far enough up the nose. 
if you're going down the throat, you've got to avoid touching the cheeks of inside and your tongue. So you're actually trying to get a throat swab, not a tongue swab. You've got to make sure that you um, have the swab in place for long enough so that you've got a decent sample. And then the difference being the antigen test, you then pop the swab and snap it off inside a little vial of liquid. And then it's the liquid that's dropped on the um, test stick, not the swab. So if you're not going deep enough into the nose, if you're not holding it in there for long enough, or if you're trying to get a throat swab, but you're actually contaminating the swab as you go in or not getting enough sample, they're all reasons why you might not get a good enough sample. Rapid antigen testing is widespread in many parts of the world. Here is Michael Plank, a mathematics professor and COVID modeler at Tepunaha Matatini. The UK is a good example. So rapid and rapid antigen tests are available for free. A lot of people have, uh, you know, have a box of them in, in the drawer at home and people actually can do them themselves at home. And so you can take a rapid test, um, you know, before you go to school, for example, or uh, before you go to a, a gathering um, as, a, as a means of checking that you're not positive for, for COVID at that time. I think, you know, here we would introduce them in stages. So we would start off with um, these tests being done under the supervision of, a, you know, someone who's trained in, in how they work and how to use them. Um, but yeah, it does offer that next level, which is people can just do the tests themselves and, and get the results themselves. And then um, you can register that result, uh, you know, on, online. There was a good example of the functionality of rapid antigen testing in Spain back in March. A concert was being held in Barcelona. 5,000 people turned up. But in order to get in, they all had to undergo a rapid antigen test, sort of like how you'd go through security screening before getting on a flight. If after 15 minutes the concert goers' tests came back negative, into the concert they went. If it was positive, they were refunded the ticket cost and not allowed in. Rapid antigen testing has not really been used in a widespread uh, way in New Zealand thus far. Why is that? What is your read on why that is? My understanding is um, there are variations, obviously, in the accuracy of the result, not just in terms of the, the taker getting a good enough sample, but also this type of test works best with someone that has a high viral load. So you've got to have fairly high levels of the virus present to be able to get a positive result from the antigen test. So it's great from somebody who is regularly um, tested and has symptoms and just wants to do a quick test to see if they should be speaking to their GP clinic or not. Um, It's not so useful if a rapid antigen test was the only test that you took. You only ever took the one. You got a negative result and presumed that you were COVID negative. I see. I see. Okay. That makes sense. So rapid antigen test, is it almost helpful to think of rapid antigen testing as being sort of like a screening tool? Exactly. And screening tools are never 100%. We have recently been um, having pilots. So they've been using them in the hospitals in Auckland to test people as as they come into hospital. And they've actually picked up some cases as a result of that. Um, And there are also a number of businesses now who've been given the green light to start using these tests um, for their employees. 
A large shipment of rapid antigen tests is on the way to New Zealand and will soon be dished out across critical sectors. It follows a coalition of some of New Zealand's biggest names in business publicly pleading with the government last week for clearance to import the quick tests immediately. Um, So people can be tested before they come on, on site, onto the workplace. Um, because they can get that result, you know, there and then. Uh, so you take the test, wait for the result, and then if it's, if it's all clear, then you're, you're clear to come, come into the workplace. In a very basic sense, PCR tests are for quality, rapid antigen tests are for quantity. If you have very little COVID in the community and the focus is accurately diagnosing potential exposures, you want to be doing PCR testing, If you know you have lots of COVID in the community and it's important you can test quickly and at scale, rapid antigen testing is the way to go. Australia has recently approved, um, but it's not commercially available, for use in healthcare, aged care, schools and workplaces. And I understand Australia might roll out availability for home testing by Christmas. Singapore did distribute home testing kits to all households free of charge. So that was 100% surveillance there. Um, In the UK, it has been utilised with school children. So packs were sent home so that children could regularly surveil um, themselves before going to school. There was some variable results there. And again, it relates to uh, how accurate the taking of the test and also whether or not high viral load was present. With Europe and the United States, home testing kits can be purchased in pharmacies and supermarkets, but the prices vary widely. And I think that's a key issue should Aotearoa New Zealand consider the availability of home testing because there have to be questions around accessibility, cost and equity. Now, some of those countries Leslie Gray just mentioned actually have fewer restrictions on everyday life than Aucklanders at this point in time. So could rapid antigen testing be our ticket to greater freedoms? Take something like domestic flights. What if rather than turning up half an hour before your flight, you turn up an hour beforehand? You take a test. If you pass it, all aboard. If you don't, bad luck. There's a taxi waiting outside. I understand that some countries have trialled that. The limitation with that is that as a one-off test that's only done in at one point in time, if it gives a positive, then absolutely that person should not really be travelling because that indicates they have a high viral load and they are at risk of transmitting to others, especially on a flight. But the reality is for most passengers, it would probably give a negative, mm. even if they were positive with a low viral load. And therefore, that might give passengers a false sense of security. And also, if you were looking at hundreds of tests for every flight, that cost starts to build up. And who would deliver the tests and where would all of these things go? It's a little bit different when you've got a, um, a delivery driver who would perhaps have a PCR test once every few weeks. And then in between, let's say every three days, would do a rapid antigen test. And the reason for doing um, at least two antigen tests about three days apart is because in the very early stages of infection, you might not yet have a high viral load, but within three days, you might develop a high viral load. So it just gives the opportunity, a bit like a a fishing net, um, just to see if we can catch 
those stray cases. And in New Zealand, we have seen already people have been picked up through routine testing. For example, at Middlemore Hospital, routine testing in ED has picked up some people who have had the infection and not known that they were COVID positive. So rapid antigen testing and the introduction of rapid antigen testing is by no means a silver bullet that will solve anything by itself. It is a useful tool, but it is only a useful tool in concert with other types, other more specific types of testing. Is that is that essentially what you're saying there? Absolutely. And not only is it only one part of the bigger picture in terms of testing, it also goes hand in hand with our own prevention measures. Mm. So that's distancing, hand hygiene, wearing masks, etc. Keep contact tracing where you're going and who you've interacted with. There has been quite a lot of consternation, it seems, around this. You know, many people in the business worlds and also in, in, in politics, particularly oppositional politics, saying that we have been much too slow to jump aboard here, that this really could have helped, particularly stem the, the Delta spread. Is there merit to those criticisms? Have we been a little bit slow in adopting rapid antigen testing, do you think? In the last few months, definitely, because we have been receiving returning travellers from overseas. We have had the odd case pop up, uh, which hasn't been easily linked back to the border and potentially had community spread from a range of settings such as supermarkets, etc. We've seen that happening. Um, When we had a total elimination strategy with closed borders, we didn't need these different levels of protection. In terms of, um, you talked about a a silver bullet, Um, no test is 100%. And the concerns around the accuracy of the rapid antigen test have contributed to some of the delays in testing. But if you consider if 50% is a low accuracy rate, we start getting a bit nervous about that. Mm. But if we compare to, for example, screening tests for prostate cancer, what you might not know is, a screen, a standard screening test for prostate cancer, it's only about 6% accurate. And yet there are many, many people who call for routine screening for prostate cancer. So if we use that as just one example, I would take 50% as being 50% more accurate. I think we have been slow. I think that's a, a fair comment. Um, and I think we, we need to realise that these tests, again, they're not a replacement for PCR, but they're much better than not doing a test at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, a lot of these businesses that are now starting to use these tests, that those, those workers would not be getting tested otherwise. At least they wouldn't be being tested every day or every time they come onto a work site. So any kind of test is better than no test. We need to get used to um, doing these sorts of tests um, fairly regularly um, or in specific situations. As you say, if you get a positive uh, result you then recommended or required, in fact, to take a PCR test um, to to confirm that result. But, you know, we can be doing large numbers of these tests and we can be doing them regularly because they don't um, take up lab lab capacity and they give you that rapid result. Um, They're just an extra layer of surveillance and an extra layer in our our defences against COVID-19. So rapid antigen testing isn't a panacea. At best, it helps us deal with the new reality of the virus being in our community. So what about the other testing methods, particularly saliva testing? This, again, is used in lots of countries overseas, not so much here. 
Can Leslie Gray see a shift in mentality there? My own view is that actually saliva testing is very um, useful. I would much rather do a spit test than have yet another nasal swab shoved up my nose. And I've had quite a few of those this year. Mm. Um, So in terms of PCR testing, saliva tests are quick, easy, nearly as accurate as nasal or throat swabs. And I don't understand why we can't be doing the testing using either nasal or throat swab or a saliva test. So that's the PCR type testing. I agree with you on that because I've only had one COVID test, but it was so unpleasant. I mean, let's face it, they're horrible to do. And in a completely unscientific manner, when I had to travel earlier this year um, for a a bereavement, um, I did a straw poll with other MIQers and we determined that the New Zealand test definitely goes far deeper than any other country. (laughs) It would be interesting to uh, compare the uh, reliability of PCR tests from country to country, you know, maybe like a a new uh, COVID World Cup kind of thing. I think New Zealand's PCR test is very accurate. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I get the feeling that we have really gotten used to the idea that testing for COVID is something that you do under very specific circumstances if you're if you're symptomatic and that the rest of the world has had a very different experience to us in that sense. What do you think testing for COVID will and should look like into the future? I think that we will see home testing available. I also think that we will see testing for those areas where people cannot yet be vaccinated, such as schools. I think that will come into routine. I would like to see saliva test offered as an option to the current nasal or throat swab PCR. It's certainly offered as options in other countries. Um, I'm not 100% sure why we've been so reluctant to go down the saliva testing route in Aotearoa, New Zealand. There's been plenty written and said about that by others. Um, I do think that we are going to experience community outbreaks And if we have localised outbreaks, it's still possible to take protective actions to shut down certain facilities and to PCR tests, to be sure. But in day-to-day living with it, we've still got to take protective actions individually. And if we do feel that we are symptomatic with symptoms that resemble what might be COVID-19, it's all of our duties to have a test, if that's a rapid, rapid antigen test or PCR. Um, and please, if you have a rapid antigen test, just bear in mind that a negative does not mean you are absolutely negative, but a positive definitely means you need to isolate. That's it for today. I'm Emile Donovan. The detail is public interest journalism funded through New Zealand On Air and produced by Newsroom for RNZ. You can get us downloaded free to your mobile device every day from any podcast platform. And if you're using Apple, please leave us a rating so others can find us too. Today's episode was engineered by Jeremy Ansell and produced by Alexia Russell. And thanks to Professor Michael Plank and Dr. Leslie Gray. Finally today, The Detail has been nominated for the Listener's Choice Award at the New Zealand Podcast Awards. If you enjoy our work, we'd love your vote. Just head to the NZ Podcast Awards website and follow the prompts. Mateo.